This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharad. And first up, we are looking at the summons recently issued to a non-Muslim Kelantanese business owner for wearing and I'm quoting according to the law, indecent clothing. In case you're wondering what that was, it was shorts and a t-shirt. So the compound was issued by the Kota Baru Municipal Council and according to its president, Rosnazli Amin, uh, it was an offence under Section 342B, Business and Industrial Trade Bylaws 2019, which states that non-Muslim business owners and their non-Muslim employees must wear decent clothes. Now he said this bylaw has has existed for a long time. Many locals, including non-Muslims, understand standard. That, however, has not stopped this particular story from going far and wide. Um, And according to the compound notice, she has seven days to settle the fine or face legal action. Yeah, so there have been some responses, including from, uh, you know, Basatu, which is a kind of partner, uh, political party in the Perikatan uh, National Coalition that runs Kelantan. We also have uh, the federal uh, minister in charge of local uh, government weighing in, in fact, calling for that compound to be rescinded. Uh, and then I think just because of the nature of the story, uh, every time we have somebody caught for so-called indec- indecent clothing, whether they're Muslim or not Muslim, whether they're in Kelantan or outside, uh, that always sort of triggers a lot of uh, responses. Yes. So uh, let me try and figure out a way to summarise it neatly. Um, I think that there are a few ways to approach the story. There is the legal aspect, whether or not this is in fact lawful, uh, whether it runs counter to to the constitution and the rights that are contained within that. So that's one element to consider. The other, of course, is the, the more moral or cultural policing element that has that's part of what's I guess had the story capture the imagination in such a way which is the question of decency and what is considered decent and where in Malaysia certain things are considered more decent than others, so on and so forth. Yeah, There's also this other element, I think, uh, which is the ability of certain institutions in the country to create bylaws. Right? Sure, and so yes. like, even in the state of Selangor, you'll see signs up in parks that say, uh, you can't have a romantic time in a public park. And the question is, who made that law? And on what basis are those laws made? And so, and can they be challenged? And, you know, in fact, has it anybody in fact challenge them but you will you will remember those images of a couple kissing i think would be and then a big cross against yes. it right so uh, that power is a very interesting one. Yeah, that power and then subsequently the way people adjust their behaviour according to that perception of power, right? Whether it's dressing differently, whether it's behaving differently. So anyways, that's what we're talking about today. The fact that a compound was recently issued to a business owner in Klantan. Um, she is non-Muslim for wearing indecent clothing. Uh, in other words, shorts and a t-shirt. Uh, we are going to be speaking to one of the people who has actually weighed in on this, uh, Sasha Lina Abdul-Latif, who is the Deputy Chairman for Basatu's Legal and Constitutional Bureau. Um, we'll come back for that. Let us know, what do you think about the story? And essentially, what is the line between decent and indecent dressing, in your opinion? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Be free-minded. BFM 89.9. 
It is 5.13 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod. We're starting off our story, uh, our show today really with a story that's been making the rounds. So there was a compound issued recently to a non-Muslim Klantanese business owner for wearing shorts and a t-shirt which was deemed, according to the Municipal Council, indecent clothing. So we are asking you, what are your thoughts on this? But also... In your opinion, in your personal opinion, what is the line between decent and indecent dressing? Where do shorts fall on this equation? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, joining us now on the line, we have Sasha Lina Abdul Latif, Deputy Chairman for Bizatu's Legal and Constitution Bureau. Sasha, thanks for speaking with us today. Hi, hi, Lin and Sharat. Thanks for having me in. So let's start with this. You were reported as saying that the compound issued by the Kotabaru Municipal Council was misguided and unlawful and that the council had no power to regulate clothing or morality. Uh, firstly, why did you feel it was necessary to issue the statement? Well, firstly, when I saw the statement um, and I, was, uh, I, I read about it and I also heard about it, I was kind of shocked and uh, perplexed as to how a local council could, could, you know, have a law like that. And I, I'm i quite sure that they, they shouldn't have. So me and my team, we went and uh, did a bit of research. And true enough, we just opened the Local local Government Act. Um, and, and it says that, I mean, it's not it's not under the purview to have any law like that. Because it's quite clear under the Local Government Act what the local council can and uh, uh, can uh, enact uh, under their bylaws. So, so I mean, then I was. Uh, that's why I thought that it was necessary for me to make a statement to to be clear about that. Because, like you said, it happens more. Of course, we don't really hear it um, that often, but it does happen. So, um, I think it, it just should stop uh, somewhere. Yeah, uh, Shasha, very interesting when you mentioned this, uh, the question of whether local council can make these laws. I mean, how much latitude is there for them to create such laws, Sasha? Yeah, I'd say um, if one were to look at the local local government act um, under section one zero two, it it that it, it generally defines it gives a very specific areas what the local uh, what the local councils can do. There are actually three areas that they can uh, make bylaws on, which is the maintenance of health, safety, and well being. And that's actually um, you know um, from A to to U of what are the things that they can they can have in the bylaws. So nowhere there states about this, uh, how a person should dress and things like that. So um, for them to, to put in the word decent in their um, Section 34 uh, is, to us, to me, it's unlawful. They shouldn't have that in there. So um, let's talk a little bit about, let's extend that, right? Because the Business and Industrial Trade Bylaws 2019, under which this is an offence according to the council, is about indecent clothing in public places. Um, So what exactly does this law actually say about attire and how it defines the meaning of uh, public, how it defines the meaning of decent or indecent? So basically, the bylaws states, you know, since it's a trade, so what are the things that they're supposed to do and, and not do? So under Section 34, it specifically spells out on pakaian. So um, if you look at uh, Local Government Act, they can put in on health, safety and well-being. So the other two parts, that the pakaian of the pemegang uh, lesen licensee or their staff to wear something that is bursay and kemas. For me, that's okay because it falls under maybe safety or well-being. But when you put in sopan, like I said, sopan is very vague. And it, it differs from person to person and it even differs from a Muslim and a non-Muslim because even in their um, Section 342, it, it goes into A and B. 
and because they differentiate between uh, for orang Islam, what do they have to uh, cover their aura? For non-Muslim, you're supposed to wear sopan. But again, it doesn't define anywhere what is sopan and what what is not. So, and and for me, I I'll go back to the local government act. You, they don't have any power to make those laws um, to to put in the word sopan there. So it shouldn't it shouldn't be there in the first place. Yeah, but to the extent that it's there now. Can it be challenged, and and how would it be challenged? Um, and so, for uh, for bylaws, it's actually under the state authorities. That's why in my statement, I, I I actually suggested to them to stop using it and go back to the state authority, and they should really look back um, and follow what has been given to them under Section One Hundred Two of the Local Government Act. Now, apart from the odd case that makes it to the press, we understand that such such actions don't actually happen very often. Um, what do you understand as the conventions or accepted practices that govern imposing dress codes in Kelantan, especially on non-Muslims? I think the first thing that um, if they, if even if the state authority wants to impose anything, they should actually invite you know non-Muslims when they want to talk about um, you know how. Uh, another person should, should dress. I feel that if you um, you cannot expect a Muslim to dictate how a non-Muslim should dress, right? So have have the, that um, roundtable or discussion, and and because what I feel decent might not be the same as as what you feel as decent, right? So you should actually have other people, um, uh, you know, to come in and give that their uh, opinion on that, and and not just. Uh, enforce uh, something that that's not familiar to them, and I uh, like like uh, the the uh, they said that it's quite known on on how to to dress in in Kelantan. But again, um, for me, the law states that you the local council doesn't have any right to do you know to to do moral policing on any anyone. So I think we should start with that and and have that addressed first. Now, the local government uh, development minister at the federal level has weighed in on this issue and he's asked for the Kotabaru Municipal Council to retract the summons. But does federal local government ministry have that power to over the Kotabaru Municipal Council? Um, that When I, I, I go by um, the Section 103, where it's actually the state authority would actually confirm um, the, the bylaws, so I think the state authority would have power to to, uh, to to ask uh, or to um, get the local council to retract um, the, the, the summons uh, against the, the lady. So do you think that uh, the claim that laws enacted specifically for Muslims will not impact non-Muslims, is, is that a realistic take? Um, is Malaysian society perhaps too integrated for there to not be spillover? Again, that, that, that's what I said. Like I said just now, um, if we we cannot um, assume, uh, like like for for Muslim to assume uh, for an, another person to dress accordingly, because what is decent to us or to to a Muslim does not mean decent to to a non-Muslim. So um, I think even the Sharia laws is very very specific. Whatever laws that, that is for the Muslims is only in the Sharia court. So it, there's no spillover or whatever. So um, I think we we've come far enough to be able to be matured enough to, um, you know, sit down and have a finality on this issue, you know, that uh, in 2023 and we're still having this kind of discussion and imposing on people on what to wear and what not to wear um, uh, is, is, for me, 
not not right. Hmm. Sasha, do you think that you are an outlier, at least in terms of Malaysian politics, in terms of Malay politics, that you that the, the that the kind of tolerance that you're expressing in our in our discussions today uh, really mark you as kind of a marginal uh, a marginal figure, or do you see this as the mainstream? I think it's mainstream. It's just highly politicized, and um, um, and and I think. Especially with social media, people are more open, and you know we have, and especially with TikTok, everything's up there, and people can, and, and it's very open. Um, I think whenever there's an issue about, um, you know, as we know, in a few months time, we're going to have uh, uh, the the state <laughs> and election and all, so things like this always erupt, and it becomes but such a big issues um, on on both parties. But I think generally. Um, people are more open to talk about this and, you know, uh, and, and sit down and have a very mutual understanding on what it means rather than what's being portrayed, um, you know, out there. Sasha, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thank you for having me and have a nice evening, everyone. Thank you. You too. That was Sasha Lina Abdul Latif, Deputy Chairman for Basatu's Legal and Constitution Bureau, weighing in on the recent kerfuffle surrounding. Um, is kerfuffle the right word? I think so. All right. The recent kerfuffle surrounding the Kota Baru Municipal Council issuing a compound to a non Muslim Kelantanese business owner for wearing shorts and a t shirt, which they considered as indecent clothing under a bylaw. Um, and that's what we're asking you about today. What are your thoughts? But also, I mean, for you, what is the line between decent and indecent dressing? Where do shorts, especially in our climate, fall fall in here? Uh, that number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at BFM Radio. So uh, we've got a number of messages coming in. Mr. Teo, starting us off with a classic, if the mind is not decent, then all is not decent, which we hear uh, talked about a lot in, I think, the context of dress codes and the like. Meanwhile, Miss Ko says, why is wearing shorts considered indecent? If she was just in, in her underwear, then I could understand. Uh, so now we have the, the line that's drawn, right? What is underwear, what looks like underwear to some other people? Because actually, it's, it's quite... Um, some of the clothes that I think that's out there really kind of blur the line between what was traditionally seen as underwear in terms of uh, design and shape and what we would consider kind of outerwear. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, uh, but I, you know, but I, I'm not quite sure what, uh, if I agree with Mr. Teo about about the mind, because I think this is more than just about what individuals think. It's about what we think of collectively. And that's where we go to questions of culture, what is socially acceptable, norms that are set. Uh, which is not to say that we shouldn't break convention or go against the norm. It's just that there are things that are beyond the individual. Yes, uh, I, I see where you're coming from. I think, though, to, uh, to Miss Ko's point, why is wearing shorts considered indecent? And that point about how culturally speaking, um, you know, how different perspectives will inform what we consider as decent. I think that the tricky part becomes when it crosses over into policing. Because it's one thing I can personally find you indecent. You know, I can look at you and think, ah, not sure about that. Um, but does that then imbue me with the power to turn you around and tell you to go home and change? I think that is where we, we find ourselves in a bit of a struggle because that's the more common version of what we hear with dress codes. 
rates. And what we're hearing now is the other side, which is not only am I telling you to go home and change, I am in essence punishing you. I'm saying that you did something wrong in the eyes of the law. Yeah, there's that. There's also what's interesting about Nakon Meng's comments, the federal minister, is that he said, well, she was wearing, you know, the clothes that she wanted to wear on her, you know, in her business premises, right? So it was like, so is, is the shop public or private? And I think that's the other thing, because the, the way the bylaws are framed, it really does turn on the idea of what the public what is the public? And that can be quite tricky sometimes. Well, Raymond is uh, on that, saying, I have no problem following the law of the land. I do, however, have a problem when the law has vague terms that are subjective and open to individual interpretation and hence open to abuse. Yeah, so again, we we go back to how the and, and what Sasha kind of explains to us that, in fact, the law, as she sees it, should never have been framed in such a way that, in fact, or created, that law was kind of misplaced. It wasn't allowed within the ref- the terms of the game, as it were. So, yeah, not only vague, because we know bad laws often are vague laws, but um, but even laws that shouldn't even be there, that need to be challenged. We've got a caller on the line with us now. We've got Angie. Angie, good evening. What are your thoughts? Yeah, good evening. Hi, this is... Yeah, uh, I feel that uh, the, um, uh, the law is... Uh, uh, protects all Malaysians, you know, irrespective of race and religion. As long as we are decently dressed, we are properly attired, you know, we we, we can dress, we can um, uh, have shorts on, uh, on on a hot day, why not, you know? So our constitution, the, the Ruku Negara and our constitution protects our rights. So I hope that City Craft Team will take this up and, uh, you know, pursue a charade of um, civil rights action, a class civil rights action against the Kelantan authorities for infringing on our constitutional rights. If we let them, we allow this to happen, the next thing is they will come into our house and survey what we are dressing. Who are they to decide what we dress, how we dress up, right? Thank you very much. Thanks, Angie. Um, So strong opinions there. Yeah, so this other thing that's a reality of Malaysia is that we are a federation. And each of the states actually do have a slightly different character, right? So do we respect the rights of states to enact laws that reflect what they think is their character? I mean, it's a real challenge to us because I think we in the Klang Valley think that everything you know emanates from us and should be uh, similar. So there's that. Uh, I think that there's also, there's laws, but then there's also culture. And today's conversation is a blend of both. Let us know, we are discussing the compound that was issued by the Kutabaru Municipal Council to a non-Muslim Klantanese business owner for wearing shorts and a t-shirt, which uh, under a bylaw was deemed indecent clothing. What are your thoughts on this? And also for you, what is the line between decent and indecent dressing? You can call 7773 send a voice note or WhatsApp 018 789 Tweet us at BFM Radio. Backing female ministers. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 
It is 5.40 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod. A quick look back at the messages that we've been getting in relation to a woman in Kelantan who was an, who is a non-Muslim business owner who was issued a compound for wearing shorts and a t-shirt which the city council deemed indecent clothing. So we are asking you what your thoughts are on that but also where is the line between decent and indecent dressing and frankly where do shorts fall? Because shorts seem to be where we all get tripped up um, in the Malaysian dress code context. Uh, that number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at BFM Radio. So Laif starts us off on the site saying, according to my friends, the shorts I wear are not indecent. The Crocs I also wear, however, offend their sensibilities. Goes to show that it's all pretty vague. But I'm too old to care, and I now dress for comfort and not style, and never to appease the moral police. Yeah, so the moral police actually are central to the story that the elephant in the room, because I think whether we are very liberal and accept a whole range of dresses or we're much more judgmental, those judgments are our own and they often just reside in our heads, right? And we have no police powers to act on them. That seems to be the problem. Mm, and... Um I mean, life as and when the moral police decide to come for Crocs, you won't be alone. <laughs> Lots of people, I think, are going to end up getting lined up on that wall. Uh, David says, I was once asked uh, the first... I was once asked this question, the first question, when I stepped into a police station after an accident, kenapa pakai seluar pendek? I'm speechless. Yeah, so that's another instance, right, of the way this operates, is that people in uh, positions of authority, no matter how low or high, sometimes forget what is their professional duty, right? If you're walking to a police station, you'd expect to be attended to because you have a matter that relates to, you know, police law and order or something. There, there, no business... It is not the business of the police to then decide to discuss your sartorial choices, your, you know, your... Uh, your choice of shorts, whatever, you know, whether it's above the knee or below it, right? It Actually, seems like a mistake of, um, sorry, yeah, it's a, a, a professionalism. It's just a, a deficiency of thinking about that. I think police stations and hospitals are particularly, um, you know, uh, particularly tough pain points for these things because people are often in distress or often in some state of emergency and so on. And so then to be pulled up on how you're dressed can feel very painful. Um, a few specific incidents. So Kyling says, I'm currently a university student. Lecturers are always talking about decent and indecent dressing. I'm in doubt. How can the attire generally affect an individual's learning productivity? I'm always wearing long pants and t-shirt for class, but I failed exams. In contrast, my friends who are always wearing short pants passed. Yeah, again, you know, what can I say? I mean, we the kind of... Um, I, I, we come back to it, and I think that's what Sasha from Basata was suggesting. You know, why haven't we just settled this? Why haven't we just come to an understanding that there, there are going to be different rules uh, for different people, and you know we operate in the, in in these ways, and and then settle it for once? I think the frustration that she seems to express is that we keep coming back to the same questions. That you know, the frustration I feel when the, when now headlines are flooded with the story. Um, Saidi says, a decent dress in public to me is something which is considered an acceptable standard and commonly accepted, like you're not expected to wear shorts at a wedding ceremony or even in a respectful public office. Saidi, I see where you're coming from and I think that if we could all have um, a sort of common sense agreement, then we'd be fine. Uh, where we run into trouble, I think, are something like knee-length office skirts trying to get a passport renewal and then getting turned away. That gets problematic because of 
course, if you could argue, and I'm not saying one way or the next, I'm simply pointing out that these are stories that have happened and that if you think that what a person wears to work and is considered decent and then they go to another office, admittedly a government office, and then they can't get service. I think that's when this sort of common sense argument starts to fall apart a little bit, unfortunately. Yeah, the denial of service on the basis that you're not dressed right seems excessive, right, to, to most of us. But uh, but I would agree with Saidis that we do have a kind of a consensus on dress in terms of what we think is appropriate for the occasion. That I think we can all agree on. Uh, but whether, again, you should have the pol- powers to punish somebody for not dressing appropriately, well, that's another question altogether. Just to close off for now, Vin says, recently I came back from KB. My wife and I were in shorts and a t-shirt outside a Malaya restaurant taking a photo. A guy came over to reprimand us for attire. I questioned him, what or which bylaw did we break? He has no rights to reprimand us as a tourist. Sorry, but we'll never ever go to KB ever again. Yeah, well, I just come back from Kotobaru myself. Uh, I, I must say, I guess, not to deny anybody's experience. Because did you we, wear shorts, Sherrod? I did wear shorts, in mm. fact, above the knee, uh, because, you know, kind of khaki shorts, because it was hot. And this was the most sensible thing to wear. Uh, but when I went to see, uh, for an official interview or I go into a government office, I did wear long pants because I thought that was the most appropriate dress for the occasion. Vin, um, I will say that your reaction, I think, is is fair and actually quite central to our story, which is what law or what bylaw did we break? Because, you know... Look, people judging others based on how they're dressing, whether it's about decency or otherwise, happens all the time. As you rightly point out, Sharad, either in our heads and it just lives there as asides to our friends or at most like this, where you actually go up to the person and say, hey, you shouldn't be dressed like that. Um, The question then becomes... So how? <laughs> so what now? You know, what authority do we have to talk this way to each other or to demand things of one another? And that, I think, is where the bylaws get a bit tricky. Anyways, keep those thoughts coming. That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.